everybody. Welcome back to the Luggedale Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com, photo, video, digital media production. Today we are discussing Bo Burnham, Inside, the new Netflix quote-unquote special. Well, it is a special, but it's not your contemporary uh, special. If anyone knows uh, Bo Burnham's work, you know that he is not uh, really about the contemporary nor ordinary, nor is this guy anything like most performers. He is what you're what I'm going to call is the one man band. I mean, he literally puts on an entire show in one room, just him, a couple of cameras some musical instruments, and some lights. It is an hour and a half of just phenomenal uh, technique and craftsmanship that can't really be compared to too many things right off the top of my head. I can't really pinpoint a specific, uh, a specific type of media that this reminds me of, but... This was a special that was um, created over the course of the pandemic. I believe he started shooting around the beginning of um, last year, early 2020s. Don't know exactly the specific date, but it looks like based on this document, it's kind of like a documentary slash special slash montages of songs and vignettes that he's performing. And it's all wrapped in a bow and told by the story of a, a young man who's kind of dealing with a little bit of depression, dealing with anxiety, dealing with um, <clears throat> kind of being a star at a young age and uh, having wanting to return to a normal life and then having to deal with um, the pandemic um, interfering with that. And so it's just, um, it is a whole lot of juicy goodness when it comes down to the technical craftsmanship that is on display in this documentary. Um, I have watched it what is now two and a half times and I've listened to it three times. When I say that, it's very rewatchable in a way that it feels that you're watching almost a Bo Burnham TikTok for an hour and a half, and because the guy is so talented, um, that you are relentlessly um, entertained. And in my opinion, there aren't many lows of this documentary. There, um, it kind of splices between him explaining how he's making the this little documentary all in one place, all in one room, um, versus. Um, uh, every other scene will have like a musical vignette about how, you know, something politically, socially satirical about the world or something like that. Sometimes it's satirical. Sometimes it's parody. Sometimes it's him discussing is, um, is it okay to joke at this time? And one thing I was very, very impressed about, I, hell, I wasn't even able to do this, um, in the whole hour and a half, he doesn't say COVID, pandemic, uh, or uh, like socially distancing or anything. He doesn't use any key terms that kind of root us in last year, but he still is uh, 
it still shows him how he's trying to progress during all of this. So overall, yes, it would be a lot easier to explain the things I didn't like in this uh, documentary than whether what I did because the things I did I thought were superior. I mean, the guys writing, acting, singing, uh, performing, dancing. He's doing the lights. He's doing the cameras. He's doing the music. He's mastering the music. He's editing the videos. It is very impressive. All of this would be uh, just gruelish, uh, in my opinion, to try to uh, to try to do all of that, especially under the time period that he did it too. I think it had to have been within a year, um, uh, maybe a little bit over a year, because it is currently June now. Sometimes my head's still back in April for some reason. May May was such a blur for me, so I'll, I'll sorry about that. That's why this is going to be a free podcast for everybody um, <clears throat> that will be talking about the entire thing. Uh, spoiler and spoiler free kind of all blended into one because it's not really you can't really spoil this in a way in my opinion because it's just musical vignettes it's not like there's anything um, in my opinion that really happens throughout this that is um, I, I guess you could talk some more like scene by scene type stuff that might be more spoilery but uh, overarching um, yes very talented very entertaining piece of media. I will say, I don't think this is going to be for everybody. His type of comedy sometimes only hits uh, certain demographics, people that might uh, find more satirical parody type stuff in media more funny than others. That That's kind of like what I feel like. Um, but yeah, so um, from the technical levels, even from the editing at the beginning, I really love it. Love the camera angles. He, I never feel like I'm stuck in one camera angle for too long. Um, uses different types of lenses, I, you know, wide, short, uh, uh, like really shallow depth of field, and um, just keeps the visual medium up to uh, 11. He's always, even when it comes down to the light. Um, so uh, I'm going to kind of talk, talk about it a little bit of scene by scene by scene kind of thing. Um, kind of like Juicy Herman talks about, you know, um, but, uh, let me see what we got right here. Um, starting the documentary, it's very much introducing us into Bo Burnham, how he's feeling. We get a nice little visual flair. We get a, a contextualization of the space he's in, the camera he's using, the, uh, visual craftsmanship that, that is going into actually making the documentary and we help from the very beginning five minutes in, he's performing with uh, a spotlight on him and it completely takes and oh sorry he he's using a spotlight and he's using a, a soundboard so he's using like people like like a laugh track in the background so I didn't know how long the these things were gonna last I didn't know if it was gonna be spotlight with him playing the piano in a corner for an hour and a half. I didn't know what was going to go on. But even from five minutes in, you can tell that the the lighting and the uh, camera work is very impressive. Um, just uh, engrossing almost uh, to the state of like a what feels like an 80s, really high quality 80s music video. And I, I definitely feel like he's got this feeling of... Uh, uh, this 80s synthy nostalgia in a way that I love. I love his like uh, ability to kind of transfer these different musical, um, uh, what is it, kind of 
keynotes and qualities. I don't really know how to explain it, but like at some points he can sound like uh, like the weekend, and sometimes it sounds like he sounds uh, like the interlude of uh, a logic video or sort of like a, a a logic album or something like that, or like the beginning of a Kanye West song or something like that. Is he, he sounds like he can transfer his ability into different ranges in so many different ways. Um, let me see if I can play a little bit without... Okay. So this was the... He, this is like his standard, like... Um, yeah, so this is more of his standard kind of like synthy, old-school Bo Burnham sound. But I think that he's gotten even better with his... Um, music's uh, selection and his ability to transfer his type of comedy. Um, and so he's very blunt in this um, documentary as well. I don't want to be too in-depth about it because if anybody's like listening to it, they're like, all right, blah, blah, blah. We know his type of ability. He's got the ability to sound like, I don't know, like 20 different types of musical artist uh, from all different types of range from like Elton John to Drake to damn the weekend to uh, John the Baptist or whatever the hell uh, like he whatever whatever the scene calls for it feels like he can just encapsulate uh, I love this uh, the the one uh, so uh, let me see sorry I'm trying to find it right now here we go this was a this was kind of a bop. Oh, it's a FaceTime with See, listen to his ability to kind of transfer these types of songs. Oh, so he's like making like a like a little bop, like almost these songs sound like they could be on top forty, and he's kind of doing like a, a short R and B pop song about FaceTiming with his mother, and it is so it's just like wait what it sounds like a song that you'd be like dancing with your girl to at the club, and then the lyrics would come on, and everybody's like wait wait what did he just say? FaceTime with my Bob tonight. <laughs> I was I was cracking up. And so with the editing of that vignette, I thought that was it was it's very entertaining. And that was one of the first ones where I realized, okay, so he's gonna be transferring all different types of uh comedy and he even goes to the point of having like this uh you know, Saki character or whatever. It's like almost like a Mr. Rogers parody. Because he can jump into all different types of comedy. <laughs> and so I love the orange in that scene as well. If for anyone watching it, you'll 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 understand what I'm saying. The the his ability to change the different types of camera angles and colors within the single room are what really work. And I realize he doesn't have a TV really that accessible in most of the scenes. I don't think he even has one. I want to go back and learn and see maybe a, like a learning of a, a documentary on how this was made so uh, the Saki characters on uh, that's how the world works um, song that was a great one the next one was the vignette with uh, 
I, I'm calling them vignettes. I'm not really sure if that's correct, but I'm you know it's it's just like a collection of uh you know random scenes, some musical, some not. So, um, and when I say like the TikTok style of comedy, it feel it almost almost feels like I'm swiping up on the next scene to see the next video or something like that. You know, it, it almost happens that abruptly in some cuts and he's quite frank about it too so it's just his style um the in i think it said insider was the uh the one where he's acting like a brand a brand agency and did, that one had me fucking rolling i was i i just thought sorry it's just a inside um uh it's in black and white and like chroma key and i think this one his black and white looks beautiful i would honestly watch a uh movie done by bo burnham just in black and white uh, just off of this scene he can clearly light a scene um but i thought it was also hilarious too who are you bagel bites all these big companies are so scared of all this social change and i come in and i their fears to rest you know i tell them just be honest tell your customers that that jp morgan is against racism in theory do you want to buy wheat thins for example the question is now will you support wheat thins in the fight against lyme disease it's just like rolling it's just like random bullshit that <laughs> That I swear I've seen other marketing agencies do and say with this like this you know epic music in the background, the fight is not whether or whether not to wear bod, it's where you will wear the bod. You know, it's just like <laughs> okay, man, so self serious, and I, I love it. And okay, so the next one, what was it? Uh, this was like the Taylor Swift, uh. Uh, kind of uh, montage interlude of uh, what, what was this? The uh, I forgot what it was called White Girl Instagram or something like that. Hold on, let me see. White Rabbit, White Rabbit Instagram. Well, I mean, even this one, I'm not this is not one I'm like revisiting a lot, but it's still kind of like sounds like a top 100. And I love the, uh, the the changing of the ratio, uh, aspect ratio. This was perfect because he's making all these uh, Instagram square photo type style. Um, Instagram uh, styles in this vignette. And uh, this one was a little bit uncomfortable to watch, to be honest. <laughs> to be honest. He's just like way too comfortable. Just showing off some ass. Oh my goodness. I was like, oh God. Uh so that was uh, the white woman Instagram. Right after that, we are hopping. I, I think the white woman Instagram actually was one of the the most carefully thought out when it comes down to the cinematography of, of each scene. I mean, this is a, like 20 different scenes, it feels like, in this one. Most of the other ones, it looks like it was just a couple different setups. This one looks like he had to really think out this... Uh, white woman Instagram because it looked like there was a lot of work done to that one and I wonder if he just was tired at the end of the documentary of making all these scenes because at the beginning the more I think about it the editing is there is a lot of editing 
at the beginning of the first half of the documentary. There is an intermission at the like 45 minute mark or something like that. So it's not like there there's less editing. It's just like there's more longer takes um, that I can tell in the other ones. And so, uh, and then right after White Woman Instagram, he said, "Is the can we shut the can everyone just shut the fuck up just for one minute about anything?" And and uh, I I feel like I can sort of see some of where his comedy is going at some point. I don't know if it's because. I don't So I definitely feel like I can sort of see where his comedy is coming from at some points. I don't know if I've seen the uh, I've seen his comedy too much or I've seen too many of his specials. I haven't I, I don't think I've seen too many of his specials. I saw Make Happy, which I believe was five or six years ago. And that was a phenomenal uh, special on doc, uh, Netflix. And I would recommend that to anybody who enjoys this one as well. Um, it's actually got him on stage in front of everybody. And that's where I realized he can sing, he can dance, he can, well, he wasn't doing as much dancing as he is here, but he can, uh, he can sing. He, and when I say he can dance, he can inter make it entertaining to watch him dance. It's not necessarily he's doing like the best moves. He's, I'm just saying that no, no offense, Bo Burnham, you got the moves, but, uh, you know, he's, he's gyrating is what I'm saying. Um, and so the next scene is him doing the reaction to the reaction to the reaction. Um, and that was quite a clever uh, little tidbit. I love the kind of uh, uh, purple, purplish uh, tint he has in the background. Just kind of ridiculous. And it looks kind of playful, almost like Nick Jr. Um, and I can definitely see Bo Burnham as a streamer. There's a, actually one of the scenes he is acting like a streamer. And I was like, my God, it feels like I'm I'm surfing the internet and Bo Burnham's on every page. <laughs> um, and so, uh, oh, this was a this was a pretty good, uh, let me see, I, I like this uh, drop. That's all we get. That's all we get. We can't get too crazy because otherwise, I can't put this on uh, YouTube. And I don't even know if that's YouTube's gonna come come for my ass on that. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, fair use, bitches. I, I'm trying to talk about this shit. I'm telling everybody this is some good shit. And I'm just saying that his his beats. It's just like he sounds like he's transferring some inner Devo or something like. It's just very impressive from the cinematography from this one. He got the silhouette shot, and he's got a, you know, his stuff is everywhere. It's kind of discombobulated. It kind of looks like he just did like a little bop, and he was just like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna put it on there." Next scene, he's just talking about like corporate America giants are just like overrunning the youth society and whatnot, and uh, I am noticing some of the the tangents he goes off on the very end of the tangents he'll talk about something that will relate to the very next scene so at the end of this tangent where he's just talking about well, you know maybe he sounds stoned in this he sounds like you know maybe it's this the into a lifeless exchange of value uh that benefits nobody except um you know a handful of bug-eyed salabanders in silicon valley um, yeah, like I said, it just sounds like a random tangent of things he's saying. 
And at the very end of it, he's talking about, um, oh yeah, I'm horny. And then in this next scene, I believe this next scene was uh, one of my favorite bops. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh. Okay, so this is the song that I... I think this is the song. It sounds like uh, Drake or something like that. And this is where his ability to have different types of music is... Uh, or a variety of music is excellent. So what I say, he sounds like uh, John the Baptist at the beginning. He's got like this like uh, R&B, R&B pop style songs he's got uh like that taylor swift style on the side like i'm trying to do generic names that everyone's gonna know um but i mean he's ability to kind of shift into these different musical uh scenarios are the are what keeps him very entertaining to relentlessly entertaining on top of this beautiful beautiful cinematography he's got going on and it's all just emojis either on his face or behind on behind him on the wall and i i was just like god dang this guy's good this was one of the more impressive one honestly so um hopefully don't get i I have to talk over all the songs and stuff like that so they don't come after me um but this one was one of the funniest as well not only is it a bop Sixteen, it ain't sex. It's the next best thing. It's been going through my head all damn week, um, uh, at least since like two days ago. Um, what else do we got? Uh, yeah. So I really like that one from the lyrics. I love the music. I love the uh, even the key shift at the very right here. That's exactly just like a. a a, a modern day rap song or like a <laughs> so you know the the ability to just shift into the third key again it's kind of like what he did in make happy make happy did uh his special on netflix a few years ago like i was talking about earlier um still was hilarious and he did the same thing he kind of like made fun of like a country song talking about how country singers are they sing all about being you know country farmers blah blah blah, but yet they are flying in jets and lambos and really they're doing none of that (laughs) um so next scene in this is uh him uh, bo burnham doing one of those hilarious like uh, parodies of any youtube video of those subscribe of those people like uh, he looks like peter mckinnon to be honest when he's they're talking about uh uh, you know, thanks for subscribing, and they have all that really high pitch uh, go get 'em music in the background, and uh, yeah, and it's, it's like that helpful music and stuff like that. And he's sitting there with a fucking knife and with a green ass background, and look like he's about to fucking murder somebody, like stab, like stabbing the camera at it and stuff like that. <laughs> this looks insane. So uh, it's one of those things that go with Bo Burnham's type of comedy. He likes kind of blending ying and yang and just kind of melding them in a way that you would oddly not think that would work but it does um and kind of uh let me see uh, let me see right there <laughs> i love how is the 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 
juxtaposition is what is funny about it. It's always him like being like really sweet in the song and then kind of saying something really phallic or obtuse. And that's the, the funny thing about it. Um, let me think. Uh, I think this was, uh, that was a good little bop too. Trying to make faces. I'm telling you all these songs, bops, all bops. There's not many I don't like. Um, Okay, so there's a one transition of him going from this song to the um, next scene. And I love the burning sensation that goes into this. It, it, it's like it's showing the spotlight as if the spotlight is like the sun and you're in the desert kind of thing. But it's really a projector. Um, kind of hard to describe, but I've seen that shot before. I think it was in... 2001 um space odyssey i can't remember if that was what it was but he's it, got that like synthy sound again and it, it's just like it, it's is golden it's golden from a filmmaker's perspective i'm loving watching this scene by scene and i believe this is an old projection of him when he's young um him watching himself on uh, the wall on the projector um and i actually remember watching him um, at that age on YouTube, that's where I found him originally. And that's how I knew about Bo Burnham at all. Um, and then this next one, we got old sexy Jesus. And I mean that respectfully, <laughs> but this is like, he's got this sexy Jesus going on. And I, I love this. Uh, it's still in one of those eighties, those 80s uh bops that sound like they should be on like your 80s favorite playlist or something like that i thought this was another one I, this is one i would go back and listen to this one kind of sound like the weekend in my opinion sound like a modern day like synthy pop song that would be on top 100 like how is this the same guy that did all this it it, it does remind me uh a slice of uh what is it? Uh, Weird, Weird Al Yankovic. The thing was, I need to go back and maybe check out Weird Al Yankovic and see if he, his stuff was as original. Because I don't feel like Bo Burnham takes a song like like uh, Weird Al Yankovic did. Weird Al Yankovic would essentially like take a song like Beat It and then turn it to Eat It. And that's just, it's funny initially, I guess, um, for parody's sake. But I feel like Bo Burnham's gone above and beyond with the ability to talk about his uh his past and his ability to kind of be so vulnerable in this documentary honestly i i kept talking about it uh his sexuality in this this is the most sexual we have seen bo burnham and so um yeah this one would be a bop i'd, I'd return to uh uh I could be in the gym listening to this. Ooh, 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 ooh. I love that whip. <laughs> I love the whips in the 80s songs. It's like, where did that whip come from? Who, who's getting whipped in those songs? Oh, my gosh. So, that was a great one. Um, he does talk a little bit about his family and his dynamic with his... Uh, mom versus dad and it sounds like him and his pops don't have you know really that great of uh, a relationship i'm not sure if that's just his 
lyrics or if just that's what's really going on. It doesn't feel so much like this documentary is about like so much him and his family and his reflection on it. It feels like more him trying to return to society and um, uh, the process of aging and becoming older, you know, and grasping with it. Um, He's it's like a coming of age documentary in a way and i keep saying documentary just because he shot it himself i'm not really sure if that's what it would be considered um let me see i'm actually using no notes on this one i'm kind of freestyling this one um but this next scene was very heartfelt with uh him turning 30 and i think it's the last two minutes uh, of him being 29 and one really enjoy the cinematography here um it's just the single light down on the clock. Um, uh, like, he's... He looks like he's clearly struggling at this point with uh, grasping, becoming older and whatnot. Um, and later in the documentary, I think we do kind of get a better explanation that he is, you know, kind of been waiting to re-enter society. And um, at the point he was about to do it... Um, everything shut down and I think everyone can relate in a way of having some sort of struggle that they had to overcome uh, or, or most people can uh, relate to having a struggle they had to overcome during uh, the 2020 year and during this scene this is uh, his struggle of becoming older and not being able to be in the place or around the people that he wants um, I, I think a lot of people you know, struggle with that as well um, I, I can relate in many ways as well. So, you know, the pushing in on the, uh, the, the clock was, was very heartfelt. Oh, they got that Mr. Robot. I would be remiss if Bo Burnham did not see Mr. Robot, because that is some Mr. Robot synth for your ass if I ever heard it. And so... It is a transition into the next song. So it's, uh, you know, it's the, uh, this is what I'd call almost like the, the hipster Montford and Sons or shit, or, you know, Montford and Sons are kind of assholes now, aren't they? But, um, let me think, uh, who was it? Um, uh, I don't know. It's one of those like hipster, hipster kind of vibe songs that would probably come around you know top 100 again i could definitely hear this being on like uh top 100 and it's it's about aging it's about becoming 30 um and he's talking about making fun of boomers and stuff like that i thought i think his self-reflection on his older comedy is what i'm liking in this is too so the once again i think the uh the lighting in this one's some of the best too, and he's in his underwear, just kind of very vulnerable. I, 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 just a lot of vulnerability in this documentary, and this is another example. <laughs> I love the uh, the purple lighting, and the stupid kids are having uh, sorry, the stupid friends are having stupid children line. That's fucking hilarious. Oh gosh. That is funny. And this little bop he gets right here when he has all three lights on him, that's one of my favorite uh, looks. 
on um, in the entire series. And so I think after this one, uh, okay, so he does talk about um, trying to, um, he says, 2030, I'll be 40 and kill myself then. Um, Bo Burnham's not shy about talking about suicide and how he's kind of grappled with depression. And I think his boldness and bluntness is very, it's probably, I don't, I'm not a professional and I'm, I'm strictly saying this from like an entertainment value standpoint. So don't take this with a grain of salt. I think that it's very bold and it's, it's healthy in a way for him to be able to talk like that. Because if, you know, if you are having those types of thoughts, then you probably should be getting, you know, um, serious help and, you know, doing, taking the right precautions to get, um, you know, back in uh, a right headspace and stuff like that. So, without going, you know, too deep into the depression and suicide talk, he's very blunt with it in the way that he talks about it. I think that he's um, probably, based on his performances, I think he's talked about in the past dealing with depression and anxiety, kind of being on stage and that type of stuff. And he has talked about it a little bit in this one as well. It's just very uh, of the uh, of the essence. It's, he, he's only a talking about it on the the very top. I don't really think I'm getting a hundred percent of where the anxiety is coming from. Um, cause from coming from me, I'm seeing one of the most talented people on earth perform, um, lights, camera, action, dance, singing, all the things. I'm like, you know, how, am, how in the world are you dealing with anxiety and, and depression when you're so talented? And it's like, we don't see so much of uh, the struggle. So what we only see is kind of the product, product, not exactly the struggle. And sometimes in this um, documentary, I, I feel like we're seeing him struggling, but I'm not exactly sh seeing why he's struggling. Um, obviously, last year was most of the um, the pandemic was the struggle, and we were all stuck inside. Um, but I do as a as a whole before the pandemic, I had seen. Um, Bo Burnham, you know, talk about it pretty bluntly, I believe, on the Make Happy um, doc uh, special, and uh, I don't know if he was specific to it then, but um, I, if he is, you know, talking about it, that type of stuff, I wouldn't mind just talking about the source. I feel like I'm not understanding the source, um, but overarching, I am enjoying the. Uh, I think the boldness of him talking about it uh, is pretty uh, is pretty good. The thing is, this little vignette of him talking about don't killing yourself and stuff like that, and then having it overlaid on on his shirt. Um, one was a really cool idea. Um, actually, several scenes I didn't even realize he was still in that room. I I, I completely like based out. Um, but. Uh, we also see time progression with his beard and hair. And I know people on the West Coast, it was a lot more difficult for them to get uh, haircuts and stuff like that um, because their place, their barbershops and stuff had closed down for so long, couldn't get a haircut. Um, so that was pretty intense to see the, uh, the time progression in between it. Um, I also don't know if I believe him in that little... Uh, thing where he says if I could kill myself for 18 months you know um, I would right now um, 
but he's just talking about, you know, depression, suicide, everything in between. And we're done talking about that. Next one is the intermission. And that was a cool little transition of him, like, wiping the screen. Um, I'm curious if he had locked himself in this uh, room or if he just literally stayed in this place the entire time. Because my guess is Bo Burnham has a little bit more money than what is shown in this uh, smaller space that he seems to be in. Um, but honestly, California is an expensive place to live, man. I don't know. $10 million only gets you so much these days. Um, and so the next, next one, um, we have the inside, uh, the new game, uh, it's Bo Burnham as a streamer. One of my favorite scenes in this entire documentary. Um, it's basically him playing a version of himself in the, locked and trapped in this room. And the only thing he can do is fucking stand around and cry and shit like that. And uh, I thought that shit was hilarious. I actually saw someone make a, a make a video of uh, them acting like they were in uh, Grand Theft Auto. And I was pretty impressed. People have gotten gotten to the point where they can act more like video game characters than video game characters can act like people. It's pretty funny. Um, and, jeez, uh, I would watch a Bo Burnham... Uh, Twitch, I bet that shit would be so fucking funny. Um, let me see. So, yeah, he's just like playing the piano and crying. There's like three different things to do in the damn game. <laughs> oh my gosh. Let me see. All right. So, all right. Um, so yeah, he's going to sleep, and then he's talking about uh, doing a little dance and waking up not feeling lit, feeling like a bag of. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> so I again, I think the lighting is amazing in this. He's doing not much; it's just him standing around. But he's got some hilarious lyrics, and that lighting. It's it it works. Ooh, 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 as lit as the beginning. The beginning had hip hop, had like top 40 vibes. And then he's like singing. He's like singing in a way that would probably feel like. <laughs> so he's like singing in a really upbeat, high pitched voice in a happy way. But he's talking about thinking he's feeling like he's going to die. So once again, juxtaposition works again. And a uh, nice little cut and transition from that little um, interlude. And this is uh, the welcome to the internet. I don't remember exactly the lyrics, but um, they were they were pretty catchy. Um, 
So it's it feels like one of those like uh, piano bar specials where the piano starts dun 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 they're kind of doing like a jolly little rhyme of some sort. So that's what he's kind of uh, entering at this point. And it kind of channels some of the old Bo Burnham that we remember as well. Um, but from the uh, the list of everything that he's talking about is pretty damn random. It, I mean... Oh, yeah, he's like a no chill with the, with his lyrics too. He just he he will do he will talk about anything, and uh, so yeah, I just wanted to be clear about uh, having to talk over the uh, over the soundtrack so the copyright doesn't come and get my ass. Um, so yeah, love the stars, love the glasses. Kind of looking like a John Led, uh, John Legend, John Lennon, um, and so yeah. Once again, lighting on point, very impressive. Um, so yeah, let me see. Next scene talks about having to probably live. Uh, sorry, he's probably not going to um, finish this ever. And I could feel like. If I was creating this, I would be like, I don't even know how I'm gonna fucking finish this. The entire time I was thinking of watching, I was watching this. I was like, how is he gonna finish this? How is the what is the answer to Bo Burnham's inside? And uh, after another song about Jeffrey Bezos, what the hell was this? <laughs> and what the hell is he wearing? He got like a ghillie suit on. Look like you're wearing a bush. Oh my gosh. So that shit was um, uh, just a, a lit interlude. Um, is he... What the hell is he doing? Okay, so this is one of those... Uh, this is one of those uh, scenes in the next one where he's got... It looks like he's outside. And his ability to light the inside of this like little shed... Or I don't want to say little shed, but this small, tiny house he has... Um, is pretty impressive because uh, I don't know he did something to the lighting where it makes it look like there's like light coming through trees and stuff like that and he's got the the full sexy Jesus vibe going on again uh let me see what we got I guess this would be sexy white Jesus because some people would get a little anal about all that um so I love the transition again transitioning from him looking at the light there's these crickets and everything, and it sounds like the light is kind of like being a reflection for the fire. And so it turns around, and all of a sudden, we're in the woods again. Um, great transition. And this was actually, let me see. I don't remember. Oh, this is that funny feeling. I actually like this song two or three more times after listening to it. From the first time. The first time, the beginning of the documentary and the beginning of the vignettes are so upbeat that I was just ready for upbeat the whole time. But it does have a come down from what's happening in 
the beginning of the documentary. And so this is one of those examples where he's, you know, performing that funny feeling. Um, and it shows his ability to have like a acoustic guitar and no piano and hardly, definitely no synth, but still very talented. He's got great voice. Um, you know, still the lyrics are pretty interesting. Um, I mean, you can hear that. How is this even the same guy? So yeah, I this is another song I could hear in the top top forty. You know, I keep saying top forty because they're so good. They don't if there weren't these you know lyrics that people were just like, wait, what's going on in them? Um, if the lyrics were like you know bumping and grinding like all these other top 40 songs are then they they would probably have him up there you know um the reason they don't is my guess is because of that you know his his lyrics are almost too raw and too real um so yeah there is this next scene i feel like there's kind of like this uh, kind of short film of depression that is happening at the very end of this uh second half of the intermission there's only about 17 minutes left, and he's kind of just showing him being stressed and stuff like that, trying to record things. Uh, and at some points, I've heard that some people say that this uh, this looks a little bit too performative. And maybe it does. But you know what? If he was upset at some point and wanted to re-record himself being upset, I would have no problem with it. It's not like this has to be, like, full canon, you know? It's uh, It's art. And the reason I knew that he wasn't really freaking out in this uh, scene, that, well, in my opinion, I don't think he was freaking out, is because he has, like, maybe $10,000 worth of equipment right in front of him, and he doesn't just go destroy it all. Um, like, if you're probably having a freak out, you're probably just going to destroy everything regardless how much it costs. Um, and he chooses, I, let me see what he grabs. Um... He grabs, like, one thing and throws it to the side. I don't know. Like, it felt kind of selective in a way, but that was just me. Um, not to say that he wasn't struggling in that scene, you know? This is this is just me looking at it from a filmmaker's perspective of if I was mad. I, I Like, you, if you're a filmmaker and you're mad and you're mad around your your uh, equipment, that shit is, is in the danger zone. I, you know, if, if you're one of those persons that is throwing your shit, throwing your equipment and whatnot... It's like equipment costs a lot, yo. And it's like, can't be just tossing shit around. Because if you toss two things around, that could be your ass. So in the very next scene, uh, there's a voiceover of uh, him over over looped on top of, uh, you know, I think this is an old uh, old track to one of his stand-up specials. And he's upset beside his camera. He's he's crying, and the uh, camera's kind of panning into the lens. Um, and I think this is where we're trying to understand more about his anxiety a, a little bit. Um, and here's this. Uh, it feels like a, a intro to another Kanye song. I can't remember. Was it like a John the Baptist or something like that? Got that synth again. This could honestly be an intro to another Drake song. 
I I just am, I I was very I was blown away by the uh, the cinematography as well as the musical uh, ability in this. I was just like, wow, I can't believe it. And with the long hair, I was like, barely unrecognizable. I was like, Jesus, oh my gosh, or sorry, bar- barely recognizable. Um, and then him having the uh, the effect with his. Uh, projector in the background he gets a lot of use out of that projector my god i I was like man i gotta start using my shit better um but anyways yeah he's uh very talented get your hands up so this is the uh um this is the song that he's discussing about having anxiety and not um being able to return back to the stage Sorry, I'm trying to find that one. So anyways, um Yeah, I, I think my iPad's dying. No. Alright, well anyways. Um the editing, cinematography, the blue tint in this, I think it all describes the type of emotion that we're looking and probably feeling from him at this point. Um and then we go back to another scene of him kind of doing like uh like behind the scenes of this documentary and then he begins his final song um it what looks like he had performed the final song at the beginning of the documentary or at the beginning of the pandemic when he had no beard and his hair was cut looks a lot cleaner to be honest and it looks like he's overlaid himself playing the song twice um and that was a pretty cool transition from him being a young man to an older one and it, 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 there's this like this this part of this um documentary is what really feels like it's reflective of him growing older and it's like it's only been a year but it looks like it's been and felt like 10 and uh you know the reflection of the documentary has been uh what i've heard is called therapeutic to some people and i i can't disagree with that you know um, so on top of all of that, I think this was a very impressive, um, feat, you know, and of course, like I said, I was curious how he was going to end this. Um, I believe that he had already recorded this final song, um, you know, before he had done probably half of the songs, but that's just me. I don't know exactly how he had done it, um, or what order he had sung them in. And so, uh, yeah, butt-ass naked and raw at the very end. I just feel like this was um, basically his way of saying, you know, I'm uh, uh, I'm putting it out there all for you. You know, he's he's always been like the what is it, the clown with the sad face kind of thing. It's always been like. you know, happy and sad blend all all at once. And I feel like that's kind of what we're getting at the very end of this. Um, however, it does seem relatively uh, hopeful because of uh, you know, the door is cracked open. So he is no longer Bo Burnham inside. He is Bo Burnham outside. The world is ready. As in, I'm ready to go see Bo Burnham live. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and so, um, you know, does have a nice little uh uh final vignette of him like walking outside and 
uh, you know, the crowd being, you know, excited. And I thought that was pretty funny with everybody, like, clapping. Then his, he can't get back inside. Looks like he's stuck in, like, a 90s television film or something like that at this point. Um, which could be kind of scary if you think about, like, the thought of him not actually being able to go outside or something. You know, if you want to really think about it, he's, he's still technically inside. But, um... It's one of those, you know, what do you want to believe kind of endings. Is he mentally and emotionally outside or is he mentally and emotionally inside? And he's, you know, he's therapeutically gotten everything out, you know. I think if he had shaved his head or, you know, sh you know, cut his hair or cut his uh, beard, it would have shown probably the growth, which... I'm curious what was the uh, the thinking or when he had even finished this, to be honest. Um, I'll probably do some research and see. I'd like to see some behind the scenes of how he did this stuff, you know. Um, I'd be very uh, interested to see what, what kind of um, method or process he went through to create all the entire, um, you know, special. So let me know what you thought about the Bo Burnham Inside Review. Um on Netflix, yeah, I think this is definitely a special for the books. It's one for the one for to remember. It's one to re-listen to. It's he's got the bops, he's got the drops, and he's got the beats. He's got the camera looks. He's got the lights. He's got the cameras. He's got the action, and um, yeah, it, it's another winner for Netflix. So, thank you for listening, watching Luck It All podcast. Normally, all podcasts are. Uh, released early to the patreon patreon.com slash look it up podcast um there are three different tiers if you join the second tier you'll be able to get all of the look it up podcast um podcast early and so um yeah be able to check out the uh, patreon you'll be able to check out youtube you'll get a more condensed review you'll also get um uh live streams on twitch you have the instagrams you got the facebooks you got all that stuff thank you for listening watching luck at all podcast take it easy goodbye farewell you know what i realized i talked about uh bo burnham not discussing specifically what was giving him anxiety um it, I think he does actually speak upon it. He says uh, he was having really bad anxiety and panic attacks, I think, before um, he was performing and stuff like that. So I do think I, I need to backtrack a little bit what I was saying earlier about that. Kind of ignore me saying that, uh, you know, Burnham wasn't specific because I think he is specific. I, I, I guess what I was looking for more or less of uh, – I guess how how he was coping with it and stuff like that. Um, this seems to be more or less of the recovery aspect of it, and uh, totally love it. Totally, absolutely love this piece of music.